Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Life of a Director podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite film directors of all time, if not my most favorite, Zack Schneider. That's right. You did hear me correctly. We're, today, we're going to be talking about... Um, I, most definitely my favorite director of all time, which happens to be Zack Schneider. And with a lot of the a lot of the things that are going on and 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 his movies and the the universe and DC extended universe and Marvel and all this competition, I thought this would be something really interesting to talk about because he wasn't my favorite director until recently. Um, I actually used to really not like him or his movies whatsoever, but. One thing that's a little different in this episode that was in that was not in the last episode. I did that review for Resident Evil, and it was just kind of all over the place. You know, it didn't really make a lot of sense. And um, I think the reason for that was because I didn't take any notes, and I was trying to just remember things. So I actually have a whole like you can hear my hear my paper. I actually have a whole list of things that I wanted to go over and I wanted to talk about. So the first thing on my list of things to talk about is my personal experience with. Zack Schneider, right? So, my personal experience with... Sorry, I'm trying to get the IMDB app open on my phone. Here we go, so that I can pull up some references. The very first time I ever saw, heard of, or had anything to do with Zack Schneider was when I had watched the movie 300. Well, it was the, that was my first exposure. I remember seeing the trailer to the movie on TV and things like that, and I remember it being really cool, but that movie was released in 2006, and I was only in the sixth grade, so I guess year six, I was probably 10 years old around that time, I'm assuming, I, I, I can't really do the math on that, but I was probably, however old you are in the sixth grade, 10, 11 years old, and so obviously, I wasn't allowed to watch it or allowed to see it, but I remember watching it on TV and seeing the commercials for it, and being that age, I remember it was cool. And it was interesting, and there was a lot of action, and it seemed cool, but I, you know, I probably could care less. Fast forward to like 2008, 2009. So I'm in junior high at this time. I'm in the eighth, ninth grade. A little older, I can watch movies like that. My dad was watching. See, a lot of my uh, my my film experiences come from my dad. I usually a lot of my exposure to film from being from being younger is is from my dad. He's really into movies and. And everything. So he, you know, it's just one of those things where if there's ever a Saturday or a Sunday we're not doing anything, we flip on a movie. So he turned on 300, and I remember watching it. And I liked it, but I didn't like it. I just remember my dad was like, oh yeah, this movie's super cool, super badass, dudes fighting and, and everything. And I remember watching it and just being like, there's no substance. Like, this movie's dumb. It's just. It's just girls' boobs and jack dudes fighting each other. Each other. It takes no talent whatsoever to make this movie, and so I didn't like it. Didn't really like it. And after, let's see, after three hundred, if we go down the list of his movies, so I never saw Dawn of the Dead. I didn't see Dawn of the Dead until recently, so we'll just move down. So three hundred. I remember seeing the trailer for Watchmen, and it was supposed to be a superhero movie. That one was released in two thousand and nine. So I remember seeing the trailers for that, and I was just kind of uninterested in that movie. Also, I don't know. I didn't really want to go see it. Nothing like that. And then I remember seeing in 2010 the trailer for Legend of the Guardian, which is the owl movie, the animated movie that he did. And I remember wanting to see that one really, really bad. And I didn't know he directed it. It didn't say anywhere, at least that I can remember in the trailer. But I remember seeing the visuals and seeing the, the scene in the trailer where the owl is flying and he's flying through the rain and the, the rain is splashing on his face. And it was just so beautiful and just really well done. Get a drink here. And it, and I just remember wanting to see that movie really bad, but you got to think 2010, I'm in the 10th grade. I don't have a driver's license. Nobody else wants to go Movie Going into the movies is a real pain in the ass. And, you know, getting my parents to buy movies that they didn't want to watch or had no interest in was a pain in the ass too. So, Fast forward to 2011, and we have Sucker Punch. So at this time, I remember I was 16, 16 years old, probably 15 or 16. And my best friend at the time, uh, his older brother lived in California, and he wanted us to come visit um, from 2011 
to 2007. What the fuck am I saying? 2011 to 2012 school year or school summer. So the summer between junior and senior year, he wanted us to come visit. So we flew out there for a couple weeks. I think we were out there for like two weeks. And while we were in California, that movie had just been released in theaters maybe like a week before. A week before we got there. So we showed up and one day we were just hanging out. We were really bored. We had already gone to Magic Mountain like 800 times and we all had headaches. And we just couldn't think – we couldn't find anything to do. And I remember his older brother saying – you guys want to go to the movies? And we were like, yeah, let's go to the movies. What, what are we going to go see? He goes, let's go see this movie called Sucker Punch. And I remember being like, well, who directed it? And he goes, oh, Zack Schneider did. And I was like, oh, geez, man. Ugh. I was like, I don't know. I don't really want to go. I, I, you know, I saw 300 and I didn't really like that movie. And and I was like, is it any good? And, Ke- and his name's Keenan. So he's like, I really liked it. I thought it was good. Um, he goes, but he goes, he goes, it's a good movie, but he's like, even if you don't enjoy it, there's some su- – I remember him saying this. He's like, there's some super sexy babes in that movie. He's like, if anything, let's just go to the movies and watch some sexy babes. And I was like, all right, all right, I could get down with that. Let's do that. So we go to the movie theaters in California and we see Sucker Punch, and I really, really, really liked it. Really enjoyed it. And it wasn't – it wasn't be- – I mean – it was because of the sexy babes, but it wasn't. I just remember watching it being like, wow, that one was really good. Even though there was, you know, totally super badass sexy babes in it with guns and things like that. The story was really good. Um, I really enjoyed it. I liked that there's this false sense of reality. I like that it's, you know, she's making it up in her head. I like the way that it was shot. And I was like, wow. That movie was good. And I remember leaving and just being like, wow, that was really good. I'm I'm really impressed that this is actually something that I enjoyed because it's a Zack Snyder film. So after that, um, I remember – so from 2011 to 2013 when Man of Steel came out, in that gap, I remember coming home from California and being like, dad, there's this movie that Zack Snyder did. You really like 300. He did this movie called Sucker Punch, and it is it's super kick-ass. We should get it. So it comes out on DVD, and we bought it. And we watched it, and I just remember my dad going, that show's fucking gay. (laughs) It's weird. I don't like it. And I was like, okay. All right. So he bought it for himself to watch, but then he didn't like it, so he gave me the the DVD, right? Gave it to me. So I remember watching it, and I just really liked that movie for some reason, and that was it. And then the trailer for Man of Steel came out 2013, or I guess, I think... I graduated high school in 2012, which kind of confuses me because I think the trailer to the movie came out in 2012 and then it was released in 2013 because I remember going to school my senior year and people were just talking mad shit on the Man of Steel trailer because they were like, um, oh, no, 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 we, oh, uh, fuck, we went and saw a movie, I was with some friends and we went and saw a movie together and the trailer for Man of Steel was in that movie. Whichever one we saw, I don't even remember. And as we left, everyone was like, oh, that's so dumb because the, the song used in the trailer was from Lord of the Rings. And it turns out that it was. It was a song from Lord of the Rings or something like that. I don't remember the factual things on that. But um, I just remember everyone like talking mad shit on it. And I kind of was like annoyed. I don't know. Because I had that, that moment where I was like, oh, Sucker Punch is super cool. I kind of like this. I'm excited to see what he does next. And then all my friends were kind of talking shit on Man of Steel. So I didn't really have anyone to go see it with me. You know, nobody really wanted to go. No one cared. And I was like, oh, well, that's okay. I guess I'll just watch it later. And then I wanted to, um, when I was younger and I didn't have a driver's license or anything like that, I remember I would go out to my grandma's house and I'd spend the night because I'd like mow her lawn and, and uh, tend to the garden and things like that in the summertime for money. And so when the movie came out, I asked her if I could do that. I was like, hey, how about instead of paying me money, you just take me to the movies and I'll do what I'm, what I'm going to do. And my grandma goes, nope, we're not going to go see that movie. We're not going to go see it. And I was like, well, why not? And she's like, oh, I went and saw it with your aunt and it's just, it's not appropriate. And I was like, really, Superman? Like, it's not appropriate? How? But this is what's funny about my grandma. She goes, it's, it's so sacrilegious. And for those of you that don't know, we come from a Christian family. But my grandma just takes it over the top. There's no line between, like, Christian and make-believe and stories and things like that, right? 
Uh, for instance, a couple weeks ago, I was over at her house and I was flipping through the channels and I wanted to watch a paranormal investigation TV show and she wouldn't let me. Like, she was, she's superstitious about that kind of stuff, so she doesn't want me to watch it on TV because she's afraid it's going to, like, be conjured up in her house because I was watching some super fake-ass ghost hunting TV show. That just goes to show. And so she didn't really like Man of Steel because it was sacrilegious because in the movie it references that Superman is going to be a god to people like us on Earth and that we'll worship him. And she didn't like that because he's not Jesus or some shit. I don't know. So she wouldn't take me, so I was like, fine. See if I fucking care. Fast forward from 2013 to 2016 when Batman vs. Superman is going to come out, right? So I remember seeing the trailer to Batman vs. Superman and being like, fuck, dude, that movie looks sick because I'm a very, very big Batman fan. Love Batman. Really enjoyed the Christopher Nolan movies. I love all the old Tim Burton movies, all the... Movies from the 80s and the 90s. I have most of them on DVD. My favorite one is Batman and Robin. I think it's called Batman. Yeah, it's Batman and Robin when they um, they fight Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bane and, and uh, you know, Mr. Freeze and, and uh, Chris Evans. Or Chris Evans. What's his name? Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell plays Robin and got yeah, George Clooney. Those ones are awesome. So I've been a Batman fan most my entire life. Love Batman. So I just remember being like, fuck yeah, dude, Batman is going to beat the shit out of Superman, and I would pay money to go to that movie. Just because it was one of those things when you talked with your friends about it, right? You talk with your friends, and they everyone asks, hey, did you see the trailer? And you go, yeah, who do you think's going to win? And then I just loved it when someone's like, oh, Superman for sure. And I'd be like, fucking nope, right? And it just made, I just, so I got, I think it wasn't even the movie, it was just the hype. You know, I just wanted to go see who was going to win. And who's going to freaking whoop their ass, right? So before I went and saw that movie in theaters, we bought our tickets and everything. Me, me, my friend Aaron, my friend Adam, and his girlfriend Brooke. We bought tickets to it the night it came out. And I really didn't, I, like, I wanted to go see it, but I didn't have high hopes that it was going to blow my mind or anything or that it was going to be any good. Um, I just wanted to go because Batman and Superman were going to fucking duke it out. So before I went and saw that, I was like, ah, you know what? I had this this thing that I like to do, or it, it's just something that bothers me where I don't want to go see Batman versus Superman if I haven't seen Man of Steel since it's the first one. It's just, you know, I'm not like, the reason I haven't seen the, the latest Avengers movie is because I haven't rewatched the first one in a long time, so I just wouldn't know what's going on, and I haven't seen any of the other Marvel movies to even know what would be going on in them, you know? Anyways, that's besides the point. I'll get to Marvel and DC a little later. Um, so I was like, I need to watch Man of Steel. So I go and I, I just paid like $8 for the DVD copy and I just wanted to watch it because I was like, oh, I'm sure this movie's not going to be any good and and whatever. So I watched Man of Steel and I'm just completely... I, I think the, the first time I watched it... I was pretty neutral, and it was before I went and saw Batman vs. Superman. So I remember watching it and enjoying the movie. I remember being like, wow, hmm, that wasn't that wasn't too bad. I, I You know, I, I really liked that. I liked that movie. That was pretty good. So I had everything that I needed to go into um, Batman vs. Superman. So then Batman vs. Superman shows up. We go see it, midnight release, and the entire time I'm watching this movie, I'm just captivated the story has me sucked in, the visuals, the way it's shot, the acting. I really, I fucking loved that movie. Everything about it. I remember just being completely in tune with the film the entire time I was watching it, which to me is very rare. I feel like most of the time I go see movies, I get sucked out of them and I'm just, I get bored at some parts and I just can't pay attention and, and I'll get like jittery and I'll have to switch my legs and you know, put my feet up or something. I just get so, I don't know what the word is, like antsy because nothing is happening that's interested. Like I'm, I'm trying to force myself to pay attention if that makes sense. It's not just happening. And I remember just sitting there completely sucked in watching Batman versus Superman. And I remember walking out of the theater when it was over and just being like, holy shit. And everyone was like, so, you know, there's that thing about me where whenever we leave a movie, People hate seeing movies. They love seeing movies with me, but they hate seeing movies with me because they, um, they, 
we'll go see a movie and everyone will be like, that was really good. I like that movie. And I'll be like, well, did you notice this, that, and the other, and this, that, and the other, and all these wrong things about the movie? Or, I mean, it's not even things that are wrong, like I'm the god of filmmaking or anything. It's just like, did you notice that when this scene was shot, it was like a goof? He was talking, but his mouth wasn't moving, and people are like, well, thanks a lot. No, I'm never going to not see that. I'm like, sorry, you know. Or I'll be like, did you ever notice that they brought this up in the beginning of the story, and it was really cool, and they totally dropped it off, and it doesn't make any sense, and they ignored it, and everyone's like, well, I didn't until you pointed it out. I'm just that person, and I feel bad because I want everyone to enjoy the movie, but, they, you know, it's like, hey, honesty is the best policy, and they asked. They asked for my opinion, so I gave it to them. We leave Batman vs. Superman, and everyone goes, all right, Colton, what did you think? And I just went holy shit you guys and they were like what and i was like that movie was fucking awesome and they're like seriously you liked that movie i was like yeah and they're like well what didn't you like about it i was like nothing what the i just remember being like what the hell you know like what what the hell is going on and i got so just confused and i i I talk a lot obviously which is why i started the podcast but on the drive home, everyone's like, why are you being so quiet? And I was like, I have to think about this movie. Why did I like this so much? And they were like, yeah, you didn't complain about one thing. And I was like, I know. Why Why is that? And I was so confused. Like, Zack Snyder, usually I leave his movies and I'm like, and I leave this one. And for some reason, I'm just like, I can't, I couldn't think of one thing I didn't like about the movie. And you know, I had all these references to comic books and I had references to other movies and things like that. And I just, I just was, I loved it. And so for the next like couple days, I just remember that's all I thought about when I was at work. Like, why did I like this movie? So I went and saw it the night it came out. And then the next day, so movies come out on Thursday nights. So I went and saw it on a Thursday night at midnight or I think it was actually at 1030. So I went and saw it at like 1030. And then the next day was Friday. The second I got off work, I went home, like took a shower and bought tickets to, to uh, again, went back and saw it. And I saw it with my little brother. And I remember just being like, holy shit. Like after I left again, just like, it was better the second time. That movie was so good. There was all this stuff that I missed and I picked up on it and, oh, and this is connected to this. And this is how, and this is how Lex Luthor did this. And this is how he knew this. And this is how this, and, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And so Saturday rolls around and I bought another set of tickets and I think I went and saw it with a friend of mine or something went and saw it again same thing was just like super confused why do I like this movie why do I like this movie so much what's what's happening to me am I sick so I go home and I start looking up interviews with Zack Schneider I wanted to just to, to know more about him right I wanted to know more about him as a person and, and what he did specifically in this movie that I liked that he didn't do in his other ones like what what was it you know being a filmmaker there's something about this movie that I really liked and I want to know what it is so that I can can learn from it you know I was like wow he went from not being somebody that I didn't really like and kind of liked his movies to just blown away like what did it you know what did he do what did he do differently so I start watching all these interviews, and then I watch this interview with him that really hit home for me. And it wasn't like an emotional interview or anything. He just said something, and it got me kind of emotional. And I'm not talking about like emotional, like I was going to cry. I just mean like it just it made me think. It made me feel something, right? So start getting kind of emotional. And in this interview, the interviewer says to Zack Snyder, you know, you have a, you have a history – of arguing and fighting with production studios, right? Over your movies. You know, for example, they say, you know, you shouldn't do this. Like, and when he did Dawn of the Dead, they told him he shouldn't use Disturbs down with the sickness. They're like, don't do it, don't do it. And he's like, no, I'm going to do it. And he did it anyways, and everyone loved it. So, he's, you know, they say, why is that? Why do you fight with these studios about things like that? And he goes... You know, Zack Snyder says something like, you know, it's about having an identity. You know, you you hired me. You hired me for my vision. And now you want to take it away from me, right? You know, you hired me because of my vision and the way I see things. And you liked it, but now you want to tell me what to do. And you want to try to take it away from me. And he goes... You know, I I always I fight with studios reg you know, freak I don't want to say regularly like all the time, but frequently because 
this is this is specifically the part that I remember that that hit home for me is when he said, um, as a filmmaker, as a director, the only thing that you have is your point of view. The only thing you have is your point of view, and you can't let somebody take that away from you because then you you know it's it's not your movie anymore. You're just kind of you're just kind of a puppet. You're just there, and you're just managing you know the set and you're just managing the people you're not doing anything there's no creative input and he said you know you hired me to make a movie about superman well this is how i see superman this is this is what superman this is what makes sense to me about superman this is how when i read the comics this is how i view him me you know zach schneider and i just remember being like holy shit and it just gave me this this whole new perspective, you know, but um, on movies, you know, and I, so there was all these movies that I didn't like, and I was like, eh, I wouldn't have done it that way. I wouldn't have done it that way. And I, like I said, I always had that attitude where I was like, Did you notice this was wrong? And did you notice this, 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 and this? And then once he said that to me, or not even to me, he just said that, and it resonated with me. I was like, Holy shit! Just because I don't like, I need to watch a lot of movies that I that I disliked again because just because that's the way that I don't see it or I don't like to see it that doesn't mean that it's wrong you know it's it's right to them it makes sense to them this is what they believe and this is what they see and I just remember being like yeah I need to give Zack Snyder a second chance and I need to watch his movies so I went on Amazon and I bought every single one of his movies on blu-ray um, every single one of them, from Dawn of the Dead to Batman vs. Superman, bought them all on Blu-ray, Blu-ray, bought all the extended editions, director's cuts, whatever, all the bonus features, anything that came with, like, four discs of just bonus features and extended editions and, and director's cuts and interviews and things like that, I bought those. So they show up to my house, and I, obviously, I'm gonna watch them in chronological order, so one night, I sit down, boom, pop in Dawn of the Dead, watch Dawn of the Dead, Never seen it before in my life. And I was like, wow, that was that was pretty good. I liked that one. You can tell that he was new to filmmaking, right? I really appreciated it. It's not one of my favorites, right? I really, really enjoyed it, though. I was like, dang, this is this is pretty good. Um, moving on, I thought that that one was pretty creative, you know, with the, the down with the sickness and the way he did the zombies and the zombie baby. Holy shit, that thing was fucking scary. So that was good. I liked it. I love the slow motion stuff that he does. Next night, watch 300. I hadn't seen that movie probably since 2008, 2009. Watched it again, and I just remember thinking to myself, this is so beautifully done. It's shot super, like so so beautifully. It's The action sequences are really cool. Um, it's just a really powerful movie. Not in a sense where it's like, makes you think but it's it's you know like powerful like it, it hits you you know what i'm saying with the action and and um these intense scenes and things like that so i was like dang that one's good so i started to like that one a lot more and that's one that i've watched a few times since then so after that i watched let's see what's next on the list so we got dawn of the dead 300 watchmen so i turned on watchmen and that was one of those movies that really made me think. And that movie makes you think just anyways. But I was more impressed at how it went from 300 to Watchmen and how his, not necessarily his style had changed, but the way he was going about the movies. And this one was super philosophical and it was the same thing. It was shot beautifully. I loved all the actors and the characters and really, really enjoyed Watchmen. I actually watched it two nights in a row um this past week i really like watchmen love all the characters same thing actors and and things like that and i and at this point i hadn't read the graphic novel so after i had watched it a couple times there was some stuff that didn't make sense to me and i was like oh, i don't understand why why this or why he says this so i went and got the i went and bought the graphic novel from barnes and noble and, and read the whole thing cover to cover which was really cool i would recommend um doing that for sure so then after that, let's go Legends of the Guardian. I liked that movie. It's a good anima animation movie. I thought that it was kind of rushed, and it's one of those things where it's for kids, so it has to be a little bit shorter so that they can pay attention. But I really liked that one, and I would be really interested to see a sequel. I thought the animation was incredible. Um, 
like I said, when the when the, the owl is flying through the flying through the air and the water is splashing on his face, it's it's really well done. I like that one a lot. Then we move on to Sucker Punch, and for some reason, like I said, I always liked Sucker Punch, but after I did some research on it, and I realized that a lot of Zack Snyder movies have been adaptions. Legend of the Guardians was a book. Watchmen was a comic book. Three Hundred was a comic book. Dawn of the Dead was a was a reboot. Um, Sucker Punch was his first original film where he had written the story. It's completely from his mind and from his memory. And that's what blew me away, was that this movie was so creative. You, like, I don't care if you liked the movie or not. You can't fucking tell me that it wasn't creative. Going into these dreams and an alternate reality and the way that the movie was shot, the sets, the characters, the, the scenery when they, when she goes into her own little world and she's dancing and, and then she's fighting samurai and dragons and fucking robots. You seriously cannot tell me that that's not creative. And that's what blew me away the most, I think, from that movie was, like, you know, he he's not the type of, the, like, it just was crazy to me because I feel like most people have these fucking ideas. And this is, this is where I, like, get frustrated because... I feel like a, it, it's. I get frustrated in a in a pot in a good way. I think where people, it's like a positive way. It's like I'm angry, but I'm trying to be positive about it. Where I think people have a lot more potential and a lot more credit than they give themselves. I'm so tired of people being like, "Oh, I wrote a movie, and it's about a retired CIA agent. He has to do one last job, and there's a bad guy." It's just like, "Fuck, dude." This has been done so many times and you know if you're if that's your idea and you're passionate about it fucking do it 100% do it do it do it well believe in yourself and make a fucking kickass movie please i will go see it but it's it's i think people just limit themselves that way you know it's like oh uh the story is about a cop and it's about a criminal and things like that i really like stories or movies that are true stories, right? It's about a cop and this thing, but it's a true story. Those are cool. But I feel like there's just so many action movies out there where it's like, oh, uh, a gang of mercenaries and just things like that. But if that's what you're passionate about, fucking do it. Like, please do it. Do whatever it is that you need to do to be creative, whatever makes you feel like you're just expressing your creativeness to the full extent of your ability. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it's okay to come up with weird stuff like Zack Snyder, right? Like, he, she goes into this dream world type deal and fights 10-foot-tall samurais and is on a train fighting these robots and, and you know, everything's make-believe and, and it's mind-bending and things like that. It's – I wish there were more movies like that. It just – you know, if you go look at the at – the, at the movie theaters right now, there's like – three or four movies out right now that are uh, that all take place in the same time period and it's like the same shit oh 1922 uh russian spy is blah 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 you know things like that i mean it's just i don't know and this like i said i'm not trying to talk shit it's just like i wish there was more movies that were really out there it just kind of seems like every movie that's made is the same shit where it's like so a retired CIA agent or it's a uh, live action adaption to a animated film, right? So we got the Jungle Book and Beauty and the Beast and then they're going to do a Lion King movie that's live action, you know, and I, and I like those movies. I think they're cool, but, you know, come on, man. Like, give me something. It's It was nice that this movie was an original he came up with it, all these characters. It wasn't a comic book. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't J.R.R. Tolkien. It wasn't George R.R. R. Martin. It was just, it just came from this guy's brain. He came up with it. And I just thought that was really cool. But then besides that, I thought the acting was done very, very well. I was a big fan of Emily Browning in this movie. I'd never really heard of her before this movie, um, but I really liked her acting style and I liked the way she played Baby Doll. And for there's this there's this part at the beginning of the movie that it's one of those things. I feel like Zack Snyder just has this thing where he does certain things that hit home for me personally, and I think it's a it's a personal thing, and not everyone's gonna understand. But <clears throat> there's a part at the very very beginning of Sucker Punch where 
she just she gets taken to this insane asylum and while they're kind of figure, filling out paperwork and, and discussing her stepfather and the owner of the insane asylum, there's this girl named Madame Madame Gross Gross I can't I can never pronounce her name. Let me look it up real quick. Madame Gorsky. Madame Gorsky. <clears throat> And she basically she does this thing called Polish therapy where instead of a lot of the traditional ways of treating people with mental illnesses, she teaches them to express their feelings through dance and through acting, right? So through being on the stage and and de- you know developing characters and pretending to be these people. So in the beginning, she says, I'm going to turn on some music and I need you to, you know to let go and I need you to act out this scene and she's kind of explaining it to her. So she gets everything ready to go, turns on the music, and then as the music is playing, she's like, just remember, it's all safe. You're safe. Everything is safe. Um, and then she says, actually, I'm just going to pull it up because I'm pretty sure if I, if I play it on YouTube, we can actually listen to it on my computer so sucker punch where is my mind pretty sure it's that one we're gonna listen to this real quick um is this it i'm not gonna get any sort of like copyright thing am i okay here it is you are safe right here best part it's all safe now relax and just let go Turns on the music. Now, here's the other thing. They're talking about what they're going to be, you know, doing to her in the asylum. She's going to get a lobotomy. He'll be here in five days. So I'll just skip forward real quick. It's like we talk about. You control this world. I told the police she lost her mind when her mother died. Truth is a little more complicated. Hopefully, you guys can hear this and I'm not just talking to nobody. Let the hurt go. Let the guilt go. What you're imagining right now, that world you control, that place can be as real as any pain. Don't want her to remember. So that part specifically, right? So she says, let the pain go, let the hurt go, let the guilt go. The world that you imagine right now, that world can be as real as any pain. And so that part kind of resonated with me. And I I related to it in a way where when she says the world that you're imagining right now, the world that you control, that can be as real as any pain. And so I think about that in a way where it's like, you know, here I am. I'm, I'm technically broke. I don't really have money or a net worth or assets. And I just I have a dream. And the world that I created and the world that I imagine in my brain of me being successful and being a successful film director, you know, that world is as real as the pain that I feel right now. And I don't want to say pain in a dramatic kind of way, but just things that, that are hard, right? Like doing this, following this dream is very, very difficult and it's hard, but everything that I'm going through and everything that I'm feeling and all the suffering and all this like sadness and joy, everything that I'm feeling right now, all of that is just as real or the the world that I'm creating in my mind for my future is as real as everything that I'm feeling right now. And so when I, when I first watched that sequence and I had like heard that, that was one of those things that like hit home for me. And I just remember being like, fuck dude, that just... That was a freaking banger. That just hit me right in the fucking throat. <laughs> and that's my favorite scene to this in this entire in this entire movie. That's my favorite scene without a doubt. It's just it's done so well. If you guys have not seen Sucker Punch, you have to watch it. My top 2 favorite movies of all time, Batman vs Superman and Sucker Punch. So please do me a favor and go watch it and then let me know what you think because I absolutely love that movie. So moving on. I didn't mean to take that much time on Sucker Punch. So Watch Sucker Punch, watch Man of Steel again, and I'm watching Man of Steel, and the same thing, when, specifically the scene when Clark, there's two scenes in Man of Steel, and I'm going to make this one shorter because I went on for a while about it, there's two scenes in Man of Steel that, that hit home for me and were super relatable, it was when 
he's in the classroom and he starts to see x-ray vision for the first time and he runs out of the classroom across the hall and he runs into the to the janitor's closet of his elementary school and they call his mom right so they try to get him to come outside and he's in there and he can hear everything that they're saying and you know, there's girls and all these boys outside that are his age, and they're like, oh, he's such a freak. His mom, or my mom won't let me play with him, and he doesn't want to play with it. He's so weird, and he can hear them, and it's just kind of sad. He's just this little boy, and he doesn't know any better. You know, he doesn't know that something's wrong with him. And I shouldn't even say something's wrong with him. It's like he has this gift, but he's so ashamed and afraid of it. And then his mom shows up, and I think maybe it's just because I have a really, really deep connection with my mom. I'm very, very close with my mother. So when his mom shows up and she's just like, Clark, you know, sweetie, let me in, please. And he's like, I can't, mom. The world's too big. And she goes, well, you know, focus on my voice. And she's able to, like, calm him down. I really, I feel like I just related to that specifically for the reason that he really trusts his mother and she understands him, which is how I feel with me and my mom. And he just says that the world's too big. And I feel that way too. You know, everybody kind of feels that way. And then there's another part later in the movie where it's like a flashback scene and Clark's probably, let's see, how old is he? Probably like 14, 15. These kids are bullying him and they push him down and they're going to bully him. And then his dad walks outside and the kids kind of just leave and like leave him alone. And when he stands up, he looks at his dad and he's kind of, he's not crying, but he's about to cry. And he's just like super, it's, it's the crying, like what you're just so, you're just so upset and you're so frustrated that you want to cry. So he like looks at his dad and he goes, I wanted to hit him so bad. And he's like, yeah, part of me kind of wanted to hit, wanted you to hit him too, but would it make you feel better? You know? And that was just one of those things where, you know, I, for personal experiences from growing up and, and, you know, everybody gets bullied. So I don't want to say like, Oh, I got bullied or anything. Cause it's not something that haunts me or something that I, I dwell on, but it, it happens, man. Kids are mean. It's just, that's what you do. That's just what you do. I like, I really hope my kids get bullied when they're kids. Not, you know, I mean, obviously nobody wants their kids to get bullied, but it, it's a, it's a true defining moment of your character. It's something that I feel like every child needs to go through, but shouldn't have to go through. I feel like it's really important it teaches you so many life lessons and it teaches you, it just, it's an incredible, incredibly horrific experience. If it, it, Incredibly, and I say that in a positive way, and then horrific experience that, that happens, you know, it's like being able to, to, you know, do what Jonathan did, Clark's dad, and just tell him, you know, I wanted you to hit him too, but would it make you feel better? Stuff like that to me like hits home so i love love that and then of course i love batman versus superman through and through and through so that covers my first three things here let's see so yeah boom 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 let's see boom 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 dang i'm just blazing through this list loving all up boom so then right so this is moving on to my next point here so I watched all these movies, and uh, remember that story I, I told you guys in the in the, my very first podcast where I said that I was listening to the Man of Steel soundtrack when I was at work, or original score? That was the reason for that, if that makes sense. I never listened to it before, but when I had gone through what I just explained to you guys, it made me want to listen to the the soundtracks more. I keep saying soundtracks. Original scores. And that's when that whole thing happened where I was listening to Sent Here for a Reason and I looked out into the, you know, in the, the off into the distance and I realized that this was my dream. I wanted to be a film director because I remember thinking to myself, damn, it would be so cool to work on a movie like Batman versus Superman. Like how fun would that be to be there, just be there while they were making it and then naturally started listening to Man of Steel and then that's when that whole thing happened where I decided I wanted to be a director. So I really owe going and seeing Batman versus Superman and studying Zack Snyder's films and looking up interviews and just learning more about him and and how much he cares about his movies and just his level of empathy really resonates with me. Like that's really what kind of like formed the concrete decision that I wanted to be that I wanted to be. A film director. So moving on from that, um, give you guys kind of like 
So that was like my history with Zack Snyder. I kind of wanted to give you guys a history of Zack Snyder just really quickly. I'm just on his Wikipedia page. And it's nothing really crazy. One thing that I thought was really cool is that, you know, you got to start from somewhere. And so it's really nice. To, I really like looking up Wikipedia pages for people that are more well-known. Like, you know, I've, I've looked up I, – I like to go to Kate Beckinsale's, Steven Spielberg's, people that just really motivate and inspire me. Zack Snyder um, – what is his name? John Favre, Farview, whatever. I can't pronounce his last name, but he directed Iron Man and Cowboys and Aliens. I like reading their Wikipedia pages because when you get to career or early life, it just tells you about how, you know, there's a little hint of, of what everyone goes through in there. And it's just nice to read those things and be reassured that, you know, this person that I really look up to went through those, those same things that I went to. So, you know, early life, he was born in, in Green Bay. He, he, uh, moved to Pasadena, California, went to film school for a little bit, worked at a production company, and then talks about his career, how he did commercials. This is what I thought was really cool is he's done commercials for Audi, BMW, Subaru, Nissan, Nike, Reebok, and Gatorade, and it says amongst others as well. And to me, that's just really cool because I work for Audi and Porsche, so that was just something that motivated me in a sense where I was like, man, this guy that I really look up to that makes films that I like made a commercial for the car company that I really care about. So that was just really cool. Uh, talks about his you know personal life and things like that, and it's just nice. But that's his Wikipedia page if you guys haven't read through it. It's pretty cool. Whether you like him or not, go – that's one thing I would recommend. Go look up people's Wikipedia pages. Go – you know whoever inspires you the most that's famous or I guess well-known, go look up their Wikipedia page. It will tell you all about their life. You know, it talks about Kate Beckinsale going to, you know, going to acting classes and not giving up and things like that. And it, it's just, it's really cool to just to, to read that. I know it's on Wikipedia, but it's more of just like cool to read that. Um, the other thing I want to talk about, which is the last thing I'm going to talk about is not really, it's really, it's, I want to, I want to share, it's, even though I'm a big fan of Zack Snyder and I love DC way more than I like Marvel, I still like Marvel. I still enjoy Marvel characters and comics. I can't say the same thing for the movies, but this is, I want to say unbiased, but it's probably biased because I'm a fan of Snyder and DC, but I just kind of wanted to give an overview about what I think about the DC Universe and the Marvel Universe completely from my point of view. Remember, we were talking about this earlier. Zack Snyder was saying that the only thing you have as a director of your, is your point of view, and that's the most important thing. That's kind of what I'm going for right now. So the first thing that I did want to talk about is style-wise, right? One thing that drives me crazy about the Marvel movies is that they fall into this trap of wanting to be funny all the fucking time. And that just really bothers me. I like funny movies, and I like it when movies are funny when it's appropriate to be funny, but I'm constantly taken out of out of the moment, out of the scene, out of the movie when I'm watching films like Captain America and the Avengers and whatever other Marvel movie that I want to watch, and they build up this serious moment, and it's got emotional music, and you're supposed to feel something. And then some character or somebody just says something fucking out of the blue that's this little comedy bit. It's like comic relief when it – you don't need it. I just get so frustrated because it's like, stop it. You're killing the mood. You're killing the scene. I just – that's just the way I see it. You know, I'll be watching something and it's like an emotional thing and somebody's just like, well, I didn't see that coming. And the whole theater's like, uh -huh. And I get that it's funny, but I get so frustrated because I'm like, you pulled me out of this scene. I was so connected and I was so into it. And that just doesn't fit with what you were going for. And it just kills it. Kills it. And they do that all the time. And Star the new Star Wars movie fucking did it too. Everything just is so funny. <laughs> and I get that Star Wars is funny. You have funny characters. Han Solo is a funny character. But the thing is, they're funny because it's who they are. They're not funny because they said a one-liner. That's one thing that I think comedy needs to be fixed with the present day. People make movies with characters that are trying to be funny. Dumb and Dumber, the first one, and made in 94, it was funny because these, these, Lloyd and Harry believed, like, 
it's real to them. Everything is real to them. Nothing is funny. It's serious. And that's what makes it funny. They are this way. They, this is how they are. And then they, they release the second one and they just say and do a bunch of dumb, stupid shit that is funny. Does that make sense? And the first one, there's not really anything funny about the movie besides the fact that these characters, these, these Lloyd and Harry, this is who they are. That's who they are. Everything that they do is serious. Everything they do, they believe is right, you know? But in the new one, they try to be funny. They say funny things, you know? That's what I don't like about modern comedy is that in Marvel movies, they try to be funny. They try to make it funny, and it makes it not funny. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not organic. These characters don't believe, you know, it's just, it drives me crazy. And all the jokes are the same, too. And this is one thing that kind of bothers me, is that I personally feel like if I was to watch Iron Man, Captain America, The Avengers, these are all done by different directors, and I wouldn't be able to tell. I wouldn't be able to tell who made the movie, I couldn't fucking tell you. The only person I know that made the Iron Man 1 and 2 is John Farview, and it's just because I'm a fan of his. I like his movies. I like his other movies. I like Cowboys vs. Aliens. I like Elf. You know? So that's the only reason I would know that. But other than that, I have no idea. I have no fucking clue who the other directors are. The, the, all the movies are exactly the same, and this is what I was talking about earlier with, with Zack Snyder, where he says, you hired me for my vision, for my point of view, and you can't take that away from me. And I feel like, not like Marvel is super controlling. I'm sure they'd give tons of creative freedom, but all their movies look the same. They just look, they, everything looks the same. They're all shot the same. Like, you wouldn't be able to tell... A difference and I guess that's a good thing right it's good because the universe is now cohesive it all makes sense like you understand that they're all they're all connected you know all the movies being the same it's like okay well they're all in the same universe that makes sense to me but from like a personal creative standpoint if I was a director and I wanted to do something that was different or color my movie differently or you know it wouldn't fit in with the Marvel movies and that's what I would like to do because that's my vision or whatever it is but everything's the same, right? Everything's just the same. Now, let's take a step back. Things I do like about the Marvel movies, the stories are usually pretty well done. I really like the first Iron Man movie. I really like the second Iron Man movie. The third one was pretty good. I really liked Captain America um, Winter Soldier. I liked that one. I liked the first Captain America as well. I remember watching that one and really enjoying it, but I haven't seen it since I've seen it in the theaters. I haven't seen Winter Soldier since I've seen it in the theaters, but I, I like those ones a lot. I like the story. I like Chris Evans. Um, I just kind of like Captain America in general. I didn't, oddly enough, and it's not because of Batman versus Superman, I saw Captain America Civil War, and I didn't really like it. There wasn't really anything in it for me. I, I just remember watching it and being like, yeah, you know, that was good, but I liked it a lot less than I liked any of the other movies. And I can't really tell you why. I'd probably have to watch it again. But I just didn't, it just, it wasn't memorable enough for me. You know, I liked, at the very end, I liked when they were fighting and Iron Man's kind of getting his ass kicked and he's being a butthead and stuff. I just didn't like how, I don't know. I felt like it was too neutral. It was supposed to be this intense scene where Iron Man, Bucky, and Captain America are all fighting each other, and it was supposed to be super intense, but it just kind of wasn't. They were kind of just fighting, and it, there was there just wasn't intense enough. I, I don't know. I'd have to watch the movie again. So that, and like I said, I just feel like none of them are different, and they're just kind of pumping them out, and they have every right to, you know? I mean, if they have the... the budget and the and the money and the funding for that shit fucking makes make superhero movies but i feel like a lot of marvel movies are just really mediocre you know like i like thor was okay thor 2 you know it's like yeah okay and but nobody really says things about those movies you know even though they're not the greatest nobody really like bashes them so this is going to lead me to my to my next point and this is this is unbiased this is just something that i'm trying to point out because like i said i do like both universes a lot i just prefer dc it just i feel like it's more relatable to me um and i'm not i just haven't been the biggest fan of marvel movies and i just so happen to I, you know it's like i think to myself maybe i don't even like the movie batman versus superman maybe i just like Zack schneider but i really think that 
I liked that movie, and I liked the direction that the DC Extended Universe is going. Real quick, shameless little plug here. Um, Wonder Woman looks fucking dope. I'm so excited for Wonder Woman. I love Wonder Woman. I've been a fan of Wonder Woman ever since I was a kid. Besides that, I'm going to you know talk more about Wonder Woman later on when the movie actually comes out, and I'll do a review and things like that. But moving on. So one thing I wanted to point out is that Captain America Civil War came out and Batman versus Superman came out and everyone talked about how good Batman versus Superman was and or uh, Captain America Civil War was and what a piece of shit Batman versus Superman was. Everyone hated Batman versus Superman. Everyone loved Captain America Civil War. Well, one thing that I wanted to point out was that the budget for Batman versus Superman was $250 million and the gross on that movie, which is how much they made after they paid off the $250 million, like how much money the movie was able to put in their pocket, was $330 million, $330,249,000. Captain America Civil War, the budget was $250 million and they pulled in a gross of $408,080,000. I get that it's more. So you go from three, three hundred to $330,249,000 to $408,080,000. So if we do the math here, $408 million uh, and 80000 So let's go. Let's go 408. Mm, 408. Point eight minus three three zero point two. So Captain America made an additional seventy eight million dollars more than Batman versus Superman. The thing that I wanted to point out with this is even though that's a lot of money, that's almost eighty million dollars, that's a lot of money. But then the other thing you have to think about is is that a lot of money? Think about how many people go to the movies and how many people buy tickets and how many countries there are and how many – that's a pretty close number. So to me, even though Captain America Civil War made more money, made $78 million more million, Batman vs. Superman did just as well in the box office for hype – like not literally but – does that make sense, right? Everyone talked about how terrible it was and it was just a disgrace and this movie was just awful and it was so bad and how could anyone make something that's so bad and I just can't, I can't understand it and Captain America just, it's so good that I, I, I freaking, I, I touch myself when I watch it. There's only an, a $78 million difference. That's not that much. So it's one of those things where no publicity is bad publicity, right? Where even though everyone loved Captain America and everyone hated Batman versus Superman, they were really competitive in the box office. $78 million, don't get me wrong, is a lot of money. You can argue with that with me all day. I will agree with you. But at the same time, it's like, if it's such a piece of shit, why was it only $78 million less than one of the best movies anybody has ever seen? You see what I'm saying? Like, that's that's the other thing. So another thing that I wanted to point out was that. But one thing that I do want to praise the Avengers or Marvel on is when they did Avengers 1 and Avengers 2, the budget for the Avengers, the first Avengers movie was $220 million, And the gross on that movie was $1,515,000,000. That's fucking crazy. That's that's awesome. Like, I love stuff like that because the first Avengers movie, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. But like I said, they fall into that trap where there's like comedy all the time and it's just fucking annoying. But I, I just like Iron Man really like if I'm going to if I'm just going to cut the bullshit with you guys, I just like Iron Man and Captain America kind of. I think Iron Man's fucking dope. I own all the Iron Man movies. I love Iron Man. I thought those movies were good, but I, you know, kind of like Captain America but that's incredible. And so with the Justice League coming out, I've, I think, I don't want to be, it kind of sucks, but I don't want to be a downer, but I think the Justice League will almost pull a billion. I think the Justice League will pull 800 million, 900 million, somewhere around there, but I don't think it's going to pull a billion. That would be incredible if it pulled a billion, but I think it's going to get close. It's going to go either seven, eight or nine, nine hundred million dollars. Um, 
But straying away, I mean, I just kind of wanted to point that out is that Marvel does make some good movies, don't get me wrong, but, you know, for all these people talking shit about the DC extended universe, these movies are competing with your movies head to head, 100%. So for you to, you know, kind of talk shit and be like, oh, it's the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. There was something that I saw that was really interesting about Doctor Strange. I haven't seen the movie, and it was just somebody else's opinion, so I can't really, like, vouch for it or anything. It just kind of was interesting, right? Is that somebody pointed out, they were like, you know what? Doctor Strange was really well done. It had a lot of cool visuals, but there's, like, tons of plot holes in the story, and it doesn't really make any sense, and there's, like, major story, yeah, major story plot holes. It doesn't really make any sense. It, like, kind of makes sense, but it looks good. And it was just a really okay movie, but it got it like an it got a score of like an eight. It got well over an eight. I don't let me let me take a look. I think it got like it got an eight point something on IMDb. Also, I get all of my ratings from IMDb. I feel like it's the most accurate representation of my personal um like whenever I look up a rating on IMDb, I usually see it and I go, yeah, that's what I would have given that movie. So I like, I don't like Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes is just full of a bunch of egotistical fucking assholes where I feel like people that really like movies and give movies chances no matter what. Like I said, I don't even really like Marvel, but I would still give those movies good ratings. Go on IMDb. That's just me. I don't know. There's probably some assholes in here too, but it got, so it got a 7.9. The other thing that I thought was interesting too, was that when Batman versus Superman came out, as soon as I had seen it the second time, I got on IMDb. I can't make this up, you guys. It had an 8.2 rating. Had an 8.2. And I remember seeing it and being like, fuck yeah. I would have given it a higher rating, but 8.2? This movie was badass. And then that one person was like, that movie was a piece of shit. So everybody got on their fucking phones and the, it spread like wildfire. And everyone gave it bad reviews. And then Batman vs. Superman. I can't make this up, you guys. The day after it came out it had like an 8.2 and then now currently on january 29 2017 it's at a 6.7 so i think it's really one of those things where i feel like a lot of people even you know it's like people just do this anyways people probably do that shit on rotten tomatoes too where they get on there they've never seen the movie and they leave a review about what a big piece of shit it is and they wouldn't waste their movie on it even though they'd never had even seen it before another fact for you guys and this is actually a fact when Zack Snyder finished the movie and showed it to Warner Brothers Studios, like, you know, when he finished it, when you finish a movie, you present it for the studio and they get to watch it privately before it comes out. He got a standing ovation from Warner Brothers. They stood up and clapped for that movie. But, you know, some preteen with fucking skinny jeans and their chai latte said it was a piece of shit. So now everyone on the Internet thinks it's a piece of shit just because that's the pop culture, right? I just wanted to point it out that DC movies are good too. And it's not just just because I'm a fan. Genuinely, like these are good movies. Like I said, I really have enjoyed watching the Marvel movies. They personally just don't do it for me. I like DC movies as well. But like the facts are here. They're doing just as well in the box office. The, it's just, it's a lot of word. It just shows you how powerful your voice can actually be. I think that is pretty cool. But a little bit into, I guess, straying away from those things. That's kind of all I really wanted to talk about with with DC and Marvel movies is that we just need to like what we like and kind of just get over it and stop talking shit because I like both of them. I like both universes. I like most, you know, Marvel movies and I really enjoy a lot of the DC movies except except fucking what Green Lantern. Get that shit out of here. Um, sorry if you guys can hear my dog. I think she just got put away. She does not like to be put away. She likes to whine. But the last thing I wanted to go over, and before I end this, is just kind of Zack Snyder's history with his movies, budgets, and gross income. So you got 300, had a budget of 65 million, which is incredible because that movie was really well done and very visual. So I thought it would have been more. So 65 million for the budget, and it grossed 456 million 592 thousand. Watchmen, the budget was $130 million. The gross was $181,003,000, which, you know, so it's like they they made $181 million, which I was surprised because I thought that movie was done really well and I thought it had done better. Man of Steel, the budget was $225 million, 
and the gross was six hundred and sixty-one million twenty-one thousand, which is that's crazy. You know, turning a turning a huge profit like that is awesome. But I, like I said, that movie was very, very well done in my my humble opinion. And then Batman versus Superman, the budget was two hundred fifty million and a gross of three hundred and thirty million after everything. But before my dog ruins my entire podcast, I've been recording for an hour and won't shut up. I just wanted to kind of throw those things out there and kind of explain to you guys why. I really enjoy Zack Snyder's movies, what the connection I have with him, why he's my favorite director, and, you know, just just, just a little uh, brief history on on uh, my history with him and, and how he inspired me to, to be a filmmaker and, and wanted to do better and have my own point of view, my own voice, and, and uh, to just be myself. So I really wanted to share that with you guys. It's really important to me. If you haven't seen Sucker Punch, Batman vs. Superman, or Man of Steel, please go watch those. Those are some of my favorite movies, and let me know what you think. Make sure you guys leave a comment. I really hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, like I said, let me know if there's anything you guys want me to do. I think I'm going to do a segment in, in each show where it's called, like, Movie News of the Week or something, and I'll just kind of go over news that's been happening in the film universe, and it's just kind of a it's just in general thing, just all of it. But um, I think I'm going to do – I want to do several episodes on Zack Schneider. It's specific things. Maybe talk about specific movies and why uh, – get into a lot more detail about them and do like a whole episode on it. But yeah, with that being said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you comment on this video. Let me know what you guys think. Go watch those movies. And uh, I need a better sign-off than this. I don't really know what to say. But um, we'll catch you guys later. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, bye.